Warning! This podcast contains hot takes, cliched opinions, and strong language. Hey, 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 hey! So, the main event. So earlier on, I mentioned that we were going to have Lily with us, and she's not very well, so we had a quick change of mind. So I sent you a text saying, what can you talk about with no prep whatsoever? Now, we could go through most of our previous episodes, and you've done pretty well with not a lot of prep. (laughs) Yeah, fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. A lot of times, no, it's not fair to be honest, but a You're lot of times. You're certainly more go, prep, prep than, than I. I'll give yeah, you that. Yeah, anyway. Um, and we kind of fell on an artist that we both really, really like and basically said, shall we just talk about American Recordings from Johnny Cash? And not just the first album, that string of five or six records yeah. that he did with Rick Rubin. I, I So I've gone through the first five of those six records because they're the ones I'm most familiar with and I've just yeah. picked out a few of the songs that I think... Before you get in, in, into that, I just want to say that I think that the sixth one was released after he passed. The fifth one might have been. But the sixth one was a little while after, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not as strong, but there are some like really good stuff on there. I, I think if you take those six records, we'll include the sixth one, even seven if you want to include like my mother's hymn book. That's great as well, though, isn't it? It is like a special, special record. I think it's one of the greatest sets of records that's ever been made. I really do. And like, we'll get into it, but like, I've got a lot of like personal attachment to that, those records and a lot of sort of like, like, I'm not an overly spiritual person, but like, when Johnny Cash sings his gospel, you believe it, don't you? Yeah, and, but I'll say it, those are spiritually moving, yeah. awakening records. But like, even on as big uh, as the that. fifth one, even on the the, like, the one where, uh, what is it, is it on, on the 309 and it's the uh, asthma coming down on the 309 mm-hmm. and then he takes that breath and he yeah. just catches you and you find yourself catching and you're just yeah. like, that's probably one of the last things he ever sung and you're just like, like yeah, it's just, yeah, it's... we'll get into it. Have you got notes there for, for this? Or So all I've done is made a list of um, a few songs off the first five albums that I really like, but we can have a bit of a sketch around if you want. Yeah. So as I understand it, um, I've heard a couple of different stories, but um, Johnny Cash had been like on the decline, if you were, for a while, and then Rick Rubin saw him performing somewhere and was like do you know if you take away all the bells and whistles that man still got it yes and now i've heard that it was some kind of 45th anniversary gala thing he was playing but i've also heard that he was singing at some country club somewhere right yeah for for, for 70 bucks or something (laughs) yeah yeah so i don't know which is true but obviously when 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 um, Johnny Cash first started all those years ago, it, it was like the guy. What's the guy from Sun Records? Oh fuck, Sam. Sam Phillips. Yes. Yeah. So Sam Phillips was like, if we just have your voice and guitar, bass, drums, like the string hmm. backness of you know, the Tennessee Free. Yeah. Then that's going to work. That's all you need because your voice is so good. Yes, and that yeah. and then that worked. And then obviously there's the famous example of Ring of Fire where he didn't want anything on, and then after he's finished doing it, they go and put all the trump- the mariachi band on and the trumpets. Yes, and there's yeah, a big yeah, yeah. falling out. And as his career goes on through the seventies and and 
what's left of it in the 80s. It seems to be more and more bullshit. Yeah, it's a little bit like a, a, a similar kind of career path in, in some ways, and something I'll touch on in a minute. But like, it gets a bit Elvis, doesn't it? A bit like, a bit, do you know what I mean? When I said mm. that, I mean, it, it, it stops becoming what it was, and it's all stuff. It's almost a parody of itself. It starts becoming it? a parody of itself a yeah. bit. It's, and it's like, how many times can we redo Ring of Fire? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not 100, I, I will be honest, I'm not entirely, I'm not that into the stuff outside the american recordings there's obviously the big ones is like it's the best of for me well that's it it's interesting with johnny cash because he is like one of the greats but you can pretty much sum up 30 years of his life in 10 tracks you know for like 1960 i don't know when it was to 94 false prison blues walk the line five feet high and rising yeah sunday morning coming down oh what song what song one which we'll touch on later because he re-records it on one of these albums, but uh, Give My Love to Rose. Oh, yes. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. that was on one of his early albums. Yeah. Ring of Fire, everyone knows. Yeah. Um, Jackson. Oh, I love Jackson. Love yeah. Jackson. Yeah. Which we had the piano player play at our wedding as well, along with... No, sorry, that's bullshit. If I were a carpenter, she played for us. That's the one. Sorry, yeah, no, get mixed up there. Can't even remember. I'm oh, Wednesday. So Christ, it was so long yeah, so long ago, that's what it is. <laughs> Good at this being married, that. Daddy sang bass. The whole of the Johnny Cash Christmas record. You love that, don't you? I do, I really do. Hey, Porter's good. Oh, and um, I Still Miss Someone. Love Yeah, but, but he re- re- he, re- he does that on um, American Yes, he does, point, of course. Yes, yeah. And uh, now you're going to have to... I- I'm going gonna- to let myself down and I can't remember whose song it is, but... Johnny Cash and Bob Dylan doing Girl from the North Country. It's, it's a Bob Dylan song, isn't it? It is a Dylan song. I, I, sorry, but it's it's them singing it together is sensational. Yeah, like I'm fine with... They reckon there are one or two Johnny Cash albums that are good. I, I haven't heard them, admittedly. And that's not out of, like, I haven't, you know, I've heard all of them, but they're not good to me. I don't know what they are, but I, you do hear, so actually that's a, a very strong body of work. But yeah, The Greatest Hits is fine for me. Um, it Ain't Me, Babe, as well, he covers, doesn't he? Oh, that's great, yeah. Um, he does that with June Carter, doesn't he? June Carter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So here we go. Right, so Rick Rubin had seen... I, I just got the Wikipedia up because this is um, how we roll. Rubin had set up American Recordings Label... Because he, he he had originally he was a co-founder of Def Jam, wasn't he? Yes, yeah. And yeah. then American Recordings was like off on his own again. Yeah. So Ruben had seen Cash perform at Bob Dylan's 30th anniversary concert in ah. late 1992, and felt Cash was still a vital artist who had been written off by the music industry, mm-hmm. suffering from health problems and recovering from a relapse of his drug addiction. Cash was skeptical, and I also think there is a bit of, but you do, you work with the Beastie Boys. You've worked with, you know, you, you, you're the heavy metal rap man. What can you do for me? Aren't we just wasting our time? Yeah. And then Ruben said something similar to him, like, you know, we just need your voice and a guitar. Yeah. So that's the story that I read in, in a one biography. Might have been his autobiography. I'm not sure. But, like, he was kind of down on his luck, down on his, on his ass a little bit. And Rick Ruben approached him and said, like, you still got it, man. It's just you're not doing it right sort of thing and cash was like 
if you want to take me into your studio and try and make me play heavy metal or or, or rap music, he was like, that is not going to get even like get off the ground. Paraphrasing, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, from again, what I understand is that Rick Rubin basically said to him, like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Come to my studio. Let's make the record you've been wanting to make for the last 25 years. Like. Play me the songs that you love and, you know, the songs that you want to do. And we'll make a record, you know. So I don't know which order they did it in, whether they made the record and then he went and started playing because he played in the Viper Lounge. Because So whether they've been yes. working together for a while, because um, the last track on the first record is live in the Viper Lounge, which is yes, Johnny Depp's yeah, yeah. club, I think, on the Sunset yeah. Strip. But apparently there's all sorts of people like in the crowd there, like Sean Penn and mm. dudes in the Chili Peppers and stuff. And, they, and he comes on and they go absolutely tits. And that's yeah. one of the points where he thinks, hang on, I can still do it. Like, yeah, yeah. So can you imagine being there like in the Viper Lounge and you know, you're sat next to Anthony Kiedis and then Johnny Cash <laughs> comes on and then just blows you all away? Like. The thing is, you, you can see it, can't you? You can, you can, and like, you can imagine like, a guy who has been completely like, like you said, been through it all so many times, you know, like so many people have tried to reinvent him, you know, like you mm-hmm. said, with different bands, different styles, try doing these songs, try doing this song. And then it just sits down and he's like, just, just, just play your songs. Just play your songs. You're Johnny Catch. Play your songs. Like. There's a scene in the film in Walk the Line where he's um, auditioning Hmm. Okay, and he sing, and like they're they're singing a like a, a gospel song, yeah. And because he thinks that's what they want to hear, and they're playing it, and they're playing it really well. Uh, but um, like Sam Phillips says, now you, you you're not for me, mm. and and of course this is all in the film, so it's dramatized how yeah, actually yeah, yeah. true it is. It says it's not for you know it's not for me, and Joaquin Phoenix is like um, obviously playing Johnny Cash. It's like what don't you believe my gospel? Mm. And he's like, well, no, because it's not yours. Mm. And then he goes, like, what have you got? And he's like, well, I've been working on this when I was in the army. And starts playing, like, false and mm. prison blues. That's how it's dramatised in the film. But it's very similar to how Rick Rubin has gone, what have you got that's yours? Like, wh- what's you? Be you. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Just be you. Yeah. And I think we, because of that, we've certainly got six records that I don't think anyone else could have made. No, no, I completely agree. And what's interesting is I, I didn't get come to these records until much, much later. No, I was the same, to be honest. It's, you know, like, like the Fist First was 1994. You know, that, that seems like a world away. So I think it was the second... Oh, let me just... I've got them all there. I, I, I always forget which order... I always forget which order they came out The in. second one, I think, is... is Unchained... Yeah, that and so I heard the cover of Rusty Cage. Yes, that's how, that's how that's what would have brought me to it. it. Was like, holy shit, Ring of Fire man Johnny Cash is doing Sound Garden. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, so that one was what ninety ninety six. That one was so that 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 fits for like when I was at college and when I had money for music and stuff. Yeah, I'm not saying I bought the album then, but like you know, that's when I was really getting into the stuff. Um, but I, so I've been through and I've made a few notes of just some of my favourite songs off each of the albums. Nice, yeah, yeah. I, I'll be honest, I, I haven't got that far by hand. I'm just getting all the track listings up, so I'll be able to go through it with you and sort of we can piece something together. 
What I really like is as we go through them, you'll see that it's like the first album is just him. And then I think the second one is pretty much Johnny Cash and the Heartbreakers. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And after that, the number of like mega artists that mm. kind of go, they must have just taken note and gone, this guy's obviously still got it. Yeah. This is our chance to work with Johnny Cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Give me, give I think me, the me. Heartbreakers thing came about because Rick Rubin also produced the Wildflowers album. Yes. Um, which was that was ninety four, wasn't it? I, I'm guessing Ruben was working with both of them at the same time, and then it kind of put them together. If you want a band, yeah, they're in a not yeah. dissimilar position to you guys. Like so, right? So the first album, Johnny Cash American Recordings, opens with Delia's Gone, which is brilliant, isn't it? What too? The ones I've picked out, rather than going through it. So the ones I picked out from the first American Recordings, uh, Drive On. Yeah. 13, which was written by Glenn Danzig from The Misfits, and Like a Soldier. Yes. Yeah. And I really love the simplicity of all of it, but um, like 13 could be a metal song. Yeah, absolutely. Like just from the subject matter, and like you put just put some drums behind it and a bit of distorted guitar, they could be a metal song. Like, so for for someone who said you don't want to do metal, he's getting pretty close to it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What um this is a theme that runs throughout all of them, but there's so much stuff I heard on these records. So like my favorite, one of my favorites is "Down There by the Train," mm-hmm. which is a beautiful song and it's amazing. And then I would never have oh, basically then I hear the Tom Waits version of it. I'm like, fuck, this is amazing too. And it, there's a lot of that on these records where like you hear songs and you're like, they almost Although the majority of them are covers, they don't really sound like covers. They, they're definitely the, the tunes that are selected, you know, because so, you know, some of them are original, some are covers, but like it all feels like it's Johnny Cat. I mean, there's obviously one yeah. massive example of that which we'll get to, but like down there by the train, I heard that and I, I probably have no idea who Tom Waits was at the time, but that's an amazing song. The Beast in Me as well is another oh, yeah. one of those songs. I don't. I've not heard the Nick Lowe version, but I kind of think oh, it's kind of Johnny Cash's song now, isn't it? Um, apparently, um, Glenn Danzig wrote thirteen in about ninety minutes. Right. Yeah. Just yeah. in the room with Johnny Cash, just like vibing and just they mm. they got it done, like you know. Yeah, yeah. Which is cool. Oh, bury me not, the Cowboy's Prayer. Yeah, I actually did that with a mate of mine, an open mic thing. He did like the spoken word bit, and then I sang the chorus. I remember you said about that. It's a great and song, it, and it's really cool that I like to do it with a mate. Like, it's yeah, really yeah. Cool. So it's just a simple bit of guitar. Like, mm-hmm. it's, I I find it really hard to play guitar and do spoken wordy stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. play guitar and talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else on there that really jumps out to you? Is like if you were making the best of American recordings. No, um, no, I don't think so. Like, why, why me, Lord's great, but no, I would say, yeah, Beast of Me, Dinner's Gone, Drive On, 13. The Man Who Couldn't Cry is the one that's recorded in the Viper Lane, yes, or the yeah. Viper Room, I can't remember what it is. Um, and that's really quite funny, yes, and then not, yeah, which is quite a theme on this stuff, yeah. Uh, the second one, Unchained, Johnny Cash and the Heartbreakers, yeah. So Johnny Cash Unchained, I've written on my notes, if I was making the best of the American recordings, I would have all of it. Really? 
<laughs> yeah. I think it's amazing. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite albums. I think it's brilliant. It's got Rusty Cage on it, but that isn't one that I've picked out. Stuff like uh, Mean Eyed Cat, you just think, you, yeah, you listen yeah, to it, yeah, this, yeah. and you just think it shouldn't work as a song, but it's <laughs> no, really good. No. Meet Me in Heaven mm-hmm. just gets to you, and Unchained. Unchained, is, the, the song Unchained is one I've actually picked out to go on my list as well. Oh, well, Rowboat's on there. That's a better yeah, song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Neil and Drunkard's please amazing. Yeah, I've got Sea of Heartbreak. Yeah, yeah. Just what I'd give just to sail back to shore. Have you heard back to your arms Roseanne Cash's version of Sea of Heartbreak? No, is it good? She does an amazing. She does. A, she's got an album, my, my father's songbook. I think it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's that's really really good. I think she, she does it with the boss. That's who she does it with. And it's really, really good. Cool. Uh, listen to that later. Come on, later. Um, the, the other one, the third one I picked out off that was uh, Southern Accents. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a really strong song and it feels kind of semi-autobiographical. Mm. I don't even know if he actually wrote that one, to be honest. But According to my my notes, it's, a, it's Tom Petty. Is it? Wrote that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's an amazing song, though. Yeah, Tom Petty. Yeah, it's really, really good. Like, it's if I was, I, I really like Country Boy on there as well. Yeah, good, great. Like, and um, Ivan Everywhere, brilliant. It's good fun. This is the most fun record yes. of the lot by a by a long way. I would say, yeah. and and but you can also tell, like. In, you can tell from the songs that they're having fun making them. Yeah, oh yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. The first, the first album is a little bit. We'll do this. This is kind of what a Johnny Cash solo album should be. Yeah. But the second one, because they got the band in, it's almost like I've forgotten what it's like to have really cool musicians around me, yeah, and yeah. you can tell they're just jiving off each other. Mm. Jiving. How old am I? <laughs> like a gang of cool cows. <laughs> I don't know. They could have never been in the studio together, but at all. Mm. But the the feel of it is that it's a live band and they're just having a blast doing yeah. it. You know. Whereas I think later on you get a little bit. He's poorly, and they'll just take half hour when when he's fit and get done what they can. And there's yeah. almost like a we need to get this down mm. about it, and you f- can feel that in the records. Yes. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so then, yeah. So then we come to Solitary Man, which is American Free. It says on the side of the CD. I see a darkness, the mercy seat, and I'm leaving now. Yes. Um. I feel that this is possibly the weakest of them, and I just think there's some odd choices of songs on here. Right. So like. I won't back down. I don't love him doing that. So it's a great song, but I don't, it's not and my favorite. It's it not different enough. To, it's not like Rusty Cage. It's a no. different song when Johnny Cash does it. It still feels, it, you know, I know what you're getting at. And um, one, I, I that's, that's a bad choice for me. I, I don't like that cover. It, yeah, it's, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't quite sit right with me. I don't know. No, but then, then, then nobody's great, and I see a darkness is amazing, and the mercy seat, which is Nick Cave, isn't it? The mercy seat. Like, like we need to do what? murder ballads at some point. Yes, we do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, mercy seat is one of those. It's not the one I was thinking of earlier, but like you hear that, and it's like 
it's amazing. It, um, it's such a powerful. And you hear the original. The original is like as intense and like brooding. But the cash version, it's just like it's once just, you add it's once you add that um, outdoor feel to it that he brings. Yeah, that's that, it. I like or for all of Nick Cave's Australian bushman yeah. potential. Johnny Cash had done outdoor country. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 yeah. I, I see. You met. You said I see a darkness, didn't you? That's really good. Yeah, it's the bit where it goes. Um, and there's one bit in it because it's because it's and that I see a darkness. <laughs> And then I see a darkness. And then later on he goes, and then I see a darkness. Did you know how much I loved you? Mm, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's that, for, that the way he just sort of goes in a bit earlier than he, than perhaps yeah, he might. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's that bit it just gets me. Mm. Like, I think it's, yeah, it's amazing. And I think that's a conscious choice to go yes. a bit early. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah. We were talking, me and Leon were talking about um, Ben Folds the other day. And, he was kind of explaining to me what makes Ben Folds not pop. So there's, okay. So there's, uh, there's a line. It goes, um, there's never going to be a moment of truth for you while the world is watching. Whoa. Right. And Neon was saying that if it was Gary Barr though, he would go, there's never going to be a moment of truth for you. There's never going to be a da, 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 da. Right. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. he repeats that never going to be, but mm. Ben Folds just carries it on. And yeah. that's a deliberate choice to, Right, yeah, and that, like that's the deliberate choice to come in just that beat early yeah. on that line to you know, and it gives you that impact. I think. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. It's really interesting. Um, I, obviously, for for a number of reasons, but like Leon's a really good addition to this podcast because he he's got like a lot of like theory, if you know what I mean. Whereas I'm like that makes me cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, he's yeah. like, but this is why it makes you cry. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel, and this might be because I haven't listened. I haven't listened to any of these records in a while, to be fair. But so Solitary you need Man, to... well, no, to be fair, but Solitary Man's probably the one I would listen to least. But that back half of the album, nothing's really jumping out at me. Country trash is good. I'm leaving now. Hold yeah. up, honey, I'd like to say I'm busting out and breaking away, and mm. then you go like a hot horseshoe. Can't take another heartache from you. So anyway. I just sing the whole, yeah. <laughs> um, Wayfair and Stranger is really cool. The last track, yeah, 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 yeah. Just, yeah, um, yeah. But the the mercy seat is that I think that nobody. I see darkness in the mercy seat. That yeah, yeah. That run of free there is just is just amazing. So that brings us to American Four. The man comes around now. This for me is the best of them right, okay. I think it's more I was going to say it's my favourite but it's not because it's not always the easiest listen in the world mm-hmm. there's some really fucking dark stuff on it and like I'll, I'll say this for, for, for a bit of a sum up but um, there's some really unexpected songs on here for, for, for my money and some stuff that is like absolutely like so moving and I, I'm, I don't really want to say that about because it sounds a bit wanky but like this is a deeply deeply moving emotional record and there's so many songs on here that like there's quite a, lot of, like, a bit more contemporary stuff as well as stuff that is like his own 
and there is the like if you were to sort of say this is the song of the American recordings this is on here now the lute so that's obviously the Trent Reznor cover hurt which is like would you would you agree that's like yeah it, it, it's the the hmm. song isn't it it's horribly depressing but it's also incredible it's like the original it's an amazing song I was worried that I hadn't listened to these records for so long I might struggle but it's all it's all there it's all there it's it's so deep ingrained this album Man Comes Around is one of the greatest songs I have ever heard in like all my days like the guitar playing on it's amazing his voice is like even his voice on the spoken word bit at the start and I saw as it were the voice of thunder and it's it's a I think yeah. this hits, this is like, this sounds terrible. The next one that we come on to, you can tell that his health is is failing and he's really, like, I, I, he's not a well man. With this record... So I this is like, the last one that was released when he was alive? Yes. But in this, he's still, like, there's a conviction in his voice uh, in the fifth There's one. a vitality, isn't there? But it's different. It's there's a, And I'll come on to what why I think that is. But this, for me, is the, the perfect route, like, it's the sweet spot of, like, a man who has lived his life and is accepting of his life. And this is, like, it's all been building to this record. For me, his musical career, everything he's done is encapsulated in this record. And there's, like, there's just, it's got stuff that that's, like, you know, those like the deeply moving like love songs like Give My Love to Rose is beautiful. But then it's also got Big Eye and the old country, you know, he's still the man in black. He's still got like, you know, he's still a cowboy, still got a gun on his hair. He's still like, you know, do you know what I mean? He's still he's still the outlaw. He's the outlaw, he's the preacher, he's the father, the son, the he's everything in this record. And I'm gonna shut up because I've just spoke for like 20 minutes straight. But yeah, so so the track track one is "Man Comes Around," track two is the big one is "Hurt." Yeah, and yeah, that's just something else. It is the big one, but to me, it doesn't overshadow the rest of the. It's not. Oh like, no, 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 no. Do, do you see what I mean? But which yeah, yeah. you know, it very could easily. You know, it's it's not my. It, it's tough to say a favorite on its own because none of it's exactly the most easily listening in the world, is it? But like. Hurt is the biggest biggest track, mm. it, but it's not head and shoulders the best track. No, no. Is that um, fair? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because yes. it, it, like, there's three or four on here that I'm looking at now, and I'm thinking but like, like, like this version of "Give My Love to Rose" is not. It's not a million miles away from the original version of "Give My Love to Rose," which he no. did back in like 1963 or whenever. But it is because of the context in which it's been recorded. Exactly. And it carries much more weight. Yeah. And completely agree. And now, when he's recording this, he, he knows he's leaving his daughter, Rose. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. it's getting me up. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck oh. off. Um, anyway. <laughs> Um, no, but you know what I mean. So it's like the context is different, and yeah. it's, you know, and it and it makes the song so much different. Like you know, yeah, fucking laugh at me showing emotions. Um, but then I'm just going to throw this forward, and what amazes me. Sorry, I'll give you a second to compose <laughs> no, yourself while I talk. Um, Bridge over troubled water 
I can take or leave it. It's it's a great song, but like it's just a, it's just an okay. It's it's fine. I don't love it. I don't hate it. Fiona Apple's got a great voice, but I hung my head. Right, I hung my head. How on earth Sting wrote that record blows my mind. Like I was saying before about his songs that he does on this, and you go back like. I could have had a thousand guesses and I never would have guessed that was Sting. Like, I could, I'd be guessing now, and I'd, you know. Um, but that's one of the best tracks on the record for me. I think Personal Jesus is cool. Yeah. Um, Sam Hall's fun. Sam like, Hall. if we're as dark as his record is, is Sam amazing. Hall's fun. Yeah. You know. Sam, it just gives it the, a little bit of a lift, doesn't it? Like, yeah. Because um, um, then you're into Danny Boy, Desperado. Danny Boy, I. <sighs> whatever um i think it's wonderful on this record it is but i don't know I, it, it, if all the tracks on this record that's the one that feels a little bit hack to me almost um rightly or wrongly and i, I such a big fan of the original mm-hmm. desperado I, you know i don't know how I, it's a great version but don henley's on it isn't he yes yeah 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 and then like, i'm to lose michael cry it's, it's you know it's a song that is as old as time, isn't it? You know, yeah. but it's brilliant. Um, I, I love Big Iron as well. Tears saying that it's good. Tears, yeah, we'll meet again. Brilliant. Um, um, Streets of the Radio, I've sung to every one of my kids yeah. when they were babies. I was leaving that one for you, teeing you up for that. Cheers, <laughs> oh, yeah. Knock that out of the park. Yeah, um, Streets of the Radio, I think, is is brilliant song. And like, again, that's just like a standard as well that he's just put his own mark on isn't yes. it yes yeah yeah big yeah. eye and I, I, I love the story in big eye and like to the town of Agua Fria came a stranger one fine day yeah. and you can just see it all in your head like, yeah. he spoke to those around him and only had two words to say he's here he... to do some business with the big iron on his hip <laughs> um while you're finishing singing that are you ready to move on to five I can move on to five yeah I can yeah. move on to five um uh, there's some that yeah, um, I have d- just the ones I picked out there were Streets of Laredo, Big Iron, Man Comes Around, and Give My Love to Rose, so I think we covered that. Yeah, number five. So, this week was released after his passing. We've, yes, um, I don't, I, I'll be honest, I haven't listened to, to this one as much, and I've hardly listened to number six, which came out in like 2010, I think. Yes. So, which was a long, you know. These, if, if you want me to... Um, God's Gonna Cut You Down mm-hmm. is I was waxing lyrical about um, Man Comes Around but God's Gonna Cut You Down is it's a really cool video because it's got loads of like I think it might be all the people he's worked with in oh, the video it's really good look it up I'll, I'll post about it when it comes out it's brilliant and it's version of If You Could Read My Mind more than like the mm-hmm. song is wonderful and then I think I mentioned earlier about um, on the 309, the bit where he says like, asthma coming down on the 309, and then he takes that rattly breath, and you just think, fuck, he's poorly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you've got his version further up the road, Springsteen song, which is brilliant. Got the Dead Man Boots, whatever. Is it, is, boots, is it, is it as good as the Springsteen version? It's better than the Springsteen version. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, further on up the road, that was on the Rising, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So even then, it's not that old a song. No, no. When he's doing it. So it's not like he's going, oh, I best cover Glory Days or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, one of the, you know, a big Bruce Springsteen song. It's a, 
album track from yes. probably three years previous. Well, no, but if he when when did he pass? Two thousand and four. Yeah, four. Yeah, yeah. But so so, so the right the rising was two thousand and two. So so the the song is an album track from a couple of years ago. Like it's um, so it's a bold choice. Like it is. You yeah. Know. You, well, you you could argue like stuff like Desperado, and we've said about one being maybe and Danny Boy maybe being sort of nailed on choices for yeah, yeah. things you might want to do if you you know but Rusty Cage is a big shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They would be the picks for me. Yeah, uh, Love's been good Day. to me, I've got. Love's been good to me. Um Rose of My Heart's a good song. Free from the chain gang. Yeah. They're the it end is. of the last track. And for me, he could just finish there. I know it's on the nose. Yeah. That could just be that that's it then because I, I you know that's the, good enough for me. That's probably why I haven't gone. I think Free From The Train, Chain Gang now being the last song hmm. on that album. I think, do you know what? I don't need any more. Yeah, and I completely get that. That's tied a nice little bow on it. like. And There's a couple of tracks on six, which I think are worth mentioning. Um, Ain't No Grave is mm-hmm. amazing. And if you're interested... It's also my one of my funeral songs, you know, if I should croak overnight. Oh, I'll be going first, know. don't worry, mate. Um, I'll be going, don't tell me, I'll be gone first. <laughs> Cheerful. Um, Ain't No Grave is amazing. So The Good Time is really good, which is a Chris Christopherson song. It has Satisfied Mind, which oh. is really, really good. Who um, that? So it was done by... So everyone's done that, haven't they? Yeah, Glenn Campbell did a version of it. Yeah. Like a famous version of it, I think. Robert Plant's done it. But yeah, it's it's really good. It's like a, it's like a standard, isn't it? Yeah. And then just two songs I want to... Um, is it two songs? Yes, it is. Two, two songs that came out on... There was a box set around a similar time, the Unearthed box set which I believe is a bunch of stuff that was kind of not quite finished. I was right, finished okay. afterwards, but, you know, it's very... So basically the two tracks on there, there's another version of Long Black Veil, okay, which is an old, you know, he did it years and years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. brilliant. And he does... That's um, called Singer of Songs. is really, really good. And it's a bit of an odd one, this, because you're kind of thinking, ooh, I don't know about that. But have you heard he does Redemption Song? Oh, right, no. So he does Redemption Song with Joe Strummer. Oh, no, I have heard that. Yeah. No, I have heard that. Is that not is that not on one of these albums? No, it, it's on this. He's not on the version of it on Streetcore? Oh. Because that's 2003. Possibly. Yeah, there's, there's something there. Yeah, I'm not quite sure of the details, but... The, because your Redemption song is definitely, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. on that last Joe Strummer album. Whether Johnny Cash is on that version, I don't I don't think The story so, but... that I heard was that um, Johnny Cash was recording it and Joe Strummer was invited to the studio. Basically was so, you know, this is, this is Joe Strummer, but he was so, like, overawed and almost intimidated by the legend of the man in the, in the room next door that, like, he basically couldn't couldn't be in the same room as him for for, for like ages. Oh, right. He was just like, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be doing this. 
you know, I'm, I'm fucking Joe Strummer, you know, I'm just some fucking kid from London, that's Johnny Cash, you know, and then eventually he, he sings it, and it, it's it's as much for who it is as what it is, if you know what I mean, it, it's amazing, mm-hmm. that, like, there's a world where Johnny Cash and Joe Strummer are on the same record. Um, did you want to mention anything about My Mother's Hymn Book? Just to say that... Because it's, it's um, it was released about the same time. It's not an official American recordings. I'm presuming it came out on American yes, recordings. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's just... It, well, it is what it says it is. You know, it's songs yeah. is, is from his mother's hymn book. And it's like, it's not really up my street because it is, obviously, it's hymns. But, like, it's just interesting to hear him singing those songs because, you know, he is of, uh, a man of faith and a man of great conviction in his faith. And, like... Hearing him sing that you can you sense how special that was to him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whether or not it's a great written, you know, it's fine, it's it's nice, it's more cash. But to him, you can you can it deserves respect because of its importance to him. I think that's on there. So yeah, do Lord, um I'm a pilgrim, uh, in the sweet by and by is lovely. Oh uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was our was that our little Johnny Cash? Yeah, what I would what I would just like to say before we finish. Uh, oh yeah, you, you you had a bit of a summing up. So yeah, to, to, to my summing up, two two things. But on a personal level, and the listener might think, for fuck's sake, why did he do that? But I would credit the Johnny Cash American recordings for one of the main reasons that I rediscovered playing the guitar. So there was a oh. period of time where I stopped playing for a while, and hearing these songs are they because they're so powerful but so simple it made me think like do you know what i, I can i can i can probably play these songs do, do, do you see what i it had that yep. in a similar way the punk music had it when i was sort of 14 whatever old i was made me think i can play guitar because i can play i can play the ramones play green day hearing these songs made me think i could probably play guitar again and that that obviously then holds it because uh, you know it built again into a major thing for me but so that's part of the reason why I hold them so fondly but this isn't my point so I'm gonna I will will, will credit him after all discussions earlier my, my good friend Clint Light who I'm hoping will come on the show one day he's a massive Johnny Cash fan but he he said we were listening to this these records together once and he said he Clint is, is a Christian he's like again a man of faith great conviction in his faith but you, you listen to these records and we also had listened to an Ataxia record, which is John Frusciante. Do you know Ataxia? Vaguely, yeah, I've it's heard the name. Basically, yeah. it's a fucking mess. It's a horrible. It's quite good, but like it's. But, but the. I'm just going to look at what the record was. So it's described as an experimental band, short-lived experimental band. Um, Automatic writing is the name of the record. And basically, it, it, you get the impression, this is what we were talking about, we were comparing the two, because like you've got John Frusciante, who's obviously had massive issues with drugs and whatever, and is a man who is perhaps questioning his own existence, his own life, and is fucking scared shitless, and he is like, what the fuck is going on with my life? What's going to happen to me? And, you know, and confused and scared and worried about it all. But then you hear Johnny Cash singing like in his last days, and there's a conviction and a, like in his mind, a belief and a knowledge that he knows exactly what's going to happen to him. He's going to pass away, and he's going to go and be God, and he's going to be reborn. And and 
he knows. He knows he's lived his life. He's done so many, so, you know, he's lived the full life. He's, you know, he met the love of his life. She, June died first, didn't she? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and yeah. you get that sense that, like, he knows. Only, 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 the, only, it wasn't, there wasn't long between no, them in the end. You get it's that sense like... in his records and him at, at the end that he's like, he's completely at peace with death and what's happened in his life. All those things that have led to these records. And you, you, what you're hearing to me is a man who is like, it's been good, but I want to go and see my wife. And he is so, in, you know, the strength of his conviction. In, in the afterlife and in God and is so strong that there's no fear, there's no like there's no depression in his voice, is there? If you know what I mean. It's like no, there's a calmness. There is, there. and it's an acceptance, and it's like, and for me, that's what is so strong, especially in that that fourth. But that's faith, isn't it? That is faith, yeah. You know, equally a person who doesn't have any, you know, is just thinking one day the light's gonna go out and but to live your life with that conviction and think when it comes to the end, well, that's the end. It's been all right. You know, it's done now. Fine. But yeah, it's just that, that belief of him. It's just like, it's, it's really inspiring. It's really moving to me. And I think that is the, the, the rock of, you know, to, to use a religious analogy, that is the rock that these records are built on. So to summer, I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot here and ask you a question. Who, living or dead, would you have liked to have got the American recording treatment? So who would you have liked to have seen, you know, who may have passed? I'll, I'll give you my example now. But who, think, God, if he could have made six records before he died of whatever he wanted to do, or she, obviously, who would that want to be? And, and you're gonna, you might laugh at me here, but I think... Elvis Presley, the American recordings would have been incredible because like he's got such a good voice and it's obviously a similar kind of background to, to Cash. I think there would have been some amazing records to have been made, but obviously didn't get the chance. I, I think it's difficult because the dead musicians that I admire and would want to hear more from had that independence of creation in the first place. Yes, yeah. So we only heard records that Name Staley wanted to make. Yeah. We only heard records that Chris Cornell wanted to make. And we like there would be very little... There ain't going to be no mariachi trumpets on a Name Staley record. No, no. Or a no. Mark Lanigan record, to be topical. Mm. That's tricky, though, isn't it? it? And it's just, just a thought. It's just something I... I, 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 I would like... Three more Joe Strummer and the Mescalero album. Yes, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would like. I think I'm all right for Alice in Chains, mm. but I would like another Mad Season record, right. which is the one which Lane Staley did with like Mike McCready mm. from yeah. Pearl Jam and that. I'd like and Mark Lanigan. I like. Yeah, um, just a thought. Yeah, because I've often. Yeah, no, it's really, but it's it's like you you went straight for Elvis. Yeah. And Elvis was another one that was kind of chewed up in the machine. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. did he get the opportunity to, mm. to make all the records? Like I heard a rumour that, or well, not a rumour, I, I heard a stat that he made something like 36 films in four years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck, man. You don't, you don't, you don't choose to do no, that. Right? No, exactly. So, yeah, so it's really difficult, but I'm glad we've got these Johnny Cash ones. Absolutely, yeah. And I think, I think you've hit a good one there. Even, you know, more, more, Strum and the Mascaleras, or 
an American Joe Strummer American, you know what I mean? Sort of like, yeah, yeah, um, would be amazing. I haven't really got many more examples, but yeah, the Elvis one is one I always think, like, God, yeah, but like I say, because it for, for, for us, like I think I said before about grunge being, you know, probably the last time West Southern Out was a mega, mega thing yeah. that you didn't do. And like now, I think I've said now it's the aim, isn't it? Whereas before, yeah, yeah. it's like it's something you kicked against. I think because of that, that a lot of the artists that I grew up on that I I, that I admire always had that independence mm-hmm. of creation. But yeah, I'd say like Joe Strummer. I think Joe Strummer may have done some stuff that he felt as Joe Strummer from the Clash he had to do. Yeah, yeah. I almost feel sometimes that there's a version of joe strummer which is more like peter gabriel right yeah yeah yeah. where he's left genesis and gone right off the deep end in, mm. into the like the weird music of the world yeah and, you know yeah excellent well thank you very much for joining us on records and bands this week oh it's got deep tonight i'm not gonna lie I feel like it has considering it was all off the top of our head that was a charity shop of a show <laughs> wasn't it cool well, all right i'll catch you later yeah, bye, bye. 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 Bye.